Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. You guys know them well by now. And if you haven't tried their premium Italian coffee, I don't know what you're waiting for. Who doesn't want premium coffee delivered right to their door so that they can pretend in these days of the COVID lockdown that they're sitting in the rolling hills of Tuscany enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, maybe even brewed in some professional brewing uh, coffee brewing equipment supplied by Lorenzotti Coffee. So if that sounds good to you, do yourself a favor, go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know that I sent you and you can get 10% off your order. That is lorenzotti.coffee, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I.coffee, promo code FICTION for 10% off. Get your days started right with a cup of coffee that tastes like freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone had a nice weekend. It is Tuesday, February 2nd, and I had a great weekend. It's actually just ending right now. I kind of kept going uh, <laughs> well into Monday night, which is why I couldn't really get an episode out yesterday. I have um, some house guests with me here, so things uh, schedule-wise are just a little in flux. But we had fun, had a good time. It was a little bittersweet because my my friend in Sayulita is renting the house. The, the renters moved in yesterday. So we're going to have to say goodbye to the compound for the next year. So that was a little sad, but we had our little, uh, I guess you could call it a going away party <laughs> kind of thing. I'm back in PV now. But we did do, it was nice we got to do the first happy hour, Peddling Fiction Friday night happy hour thing. We did that Friday. A lot of you missed it, which is too bad, but we had a, a few of us in there, had had a good time, and we got to do it from there. So that was nice that we got to at least do one from there. So those of you who did join me for a, a drink or two on Friday got to see... Uh, at least some of the view that that I'd been enjoying over there, and we it was it was fun. Those are going to be Fridays, um, starting this Friday. We're do, I'm doing another one this Friday, and then after that, it will be every other Friday for the supporting listeners of the show. So if you guys want to become a supporting listener, again, you can just go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com and set up a a monthly subscription. You can do whatever dollar amount you want, whatever you feel like. That that will get you into the uh Friday night happy hours. It'd be nice to get some more people in there and maybe some uh some of the female listeners would like to join us. It was uh it was a sausage fest for sure, but what libertarian gathering isn't. <laughs> I, I think it could be a lot of fun if we get a, a lot more participation. So join us on Fridays for a, a cocktail. We're going to do it at 6 p.m. again. See what other announcements do I have. Um, oh, well, I have a couple interviews coming up that I'm doing um, for this show and on other shows as well. So tomorrow I will be interviewing a Navy SEAL who is also a fan of the show. And I, I don't know exactly when I will air that interview, but we will record it tomorrow. 
And then it, it kind of just depends on, on my schedule. If I can't do a, a regularly scheduled episode, maybe I'll, I'll put that out there so that you guys have something to listen to in my absence. And then I'm actually pretty excited about this one because I'd been, I, I reached out to her a while ago and I, I just heard back from Antonella Marty. Um, hopefully that's how you pronounce her name. But she's on Twitter. She's got a, a pretty big following. And we're going to continue the discussion that I started with Martha Bueno about women and libertarianism and how to get some more women involved with liberty and things like that. And we're, we're going to shoot the breeze. I don't know when that's going to be yet either, but she has uh, told me that she'd like to come on the show. So that will be a lot of fun. And maybe we can uh, get to the bottom of this predicament we've been having. One of the many predicaments we have as as libertarians. But, um, oh, and then I'm, I'm going to be on the actual Anarchy podcast. This is sort of farther out into the future, but we're going to do a special Cinco de Mayo episode. And for those of you not familiar with the actual Anarchy, they they watch movies and they review them from like an ANCAP perspective. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I I know which movie we're doing. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell anybody. I don't know if there's like spoilers or whatever. But um, I, I think it's going to be very apropos and a lot of fun. So I can't wait to do that. I have a couple other interviews scheduled as well. I think in February and maybe March. I, I think I've already teased them before, though. So just uh, some some stuff for you guys to look forward to, I guess. But what I want to talk about today is just some more of this craziness that's been going on in the markets the last couple of days with the uh, the Reddit raiders and the the short squeezes and all those things. But I want to focus more today because you know I covered what was happening with the the meme stocks, they, they call them, which, oof, uh, David Portnoy from the Barstool Sports came out today, and uh, I, I guess he sold out of his positions. If you guys have not been following what's been going on with the, the Game Stonks and all the meme stocks, you know, uh, GameStop, AMC, Nokia, they all got hammered this morning. They're, they're down big time. Uh, they were down yesterday like uh, 50% or something like that. And then they're down another like fucking 50 today. I think GameStop closed at like $90 a share and it was up around, you know, it was trading in the 300s for, for a while. So I, I don't know if uh, those short squeezes are over and the uh, anybody that still has those stocks are going to get left holding the bag. I, I've been sort of monitoring some of the chatter on, on Reddit and everything like that. And there are people that are dedicated to this cause and they are going to keep trying to hold. And, it, you know, it, it could pop back up again. A lot of the shorts have gotten out of it. So it was shorted at like, I don't know, 110% or something like that. And now that the short interest is only at like 53%. So there there have been examples of uh, sh- short squeezes in the past. There was one with Volkswagen that had a had a big drop before it really shot up. So I, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this if the if the Reddit guys can um, can sort of regroup and and pump this thing back up. It's going to be hard to do though because they've got they're they're fighting a lot of things now. They're not just fighting the the short sellers. They're fighting the the brokerages and the pl- trading platforms that you know, for days they wouldn't let them fucking buy the stock. Which I mean, like, what kind of bullshit is that? You you halt the fucking one side of the trade so that these guys can fucking drive the price back down and cover their shorts. But anyway, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should go back and listen to my episode that I did on Thursday, the short squeeze episode, where I went over all the details on what a short is and what was happening with with these short sellers and and the Reddit raiders trying to squeeze them out of the market, but. I don't want to get into that today because what I what I do want to talk about is what's been going on with silver the last few days because after they were successful with this short squeeze in um, GameStop and AMC and things like that, uh, they, they turned their attention, at least some of their attention, went towards silver and, and silver contracts, uh, physical silver. And this is a, a very interesting development 
from my perspective, and I think it has uh, a, a lot of interesting implications, even if they're not going to be successful, which I don't think they are. These, these um, a lot of silver stocks were up yesterday, you know, 20, 30%, something like that. And they were up on Friday as well. The silver and the price of silver was up. The, the price of silver almost got up to $30 an ounce, which is if you look at a chart and you went through the technical uh, analysis webinar that I put on, uh, for those of you that did, you could see that there is some resistance there at $30 uh, an ounce. And I was hoping we would see silver close above that, which would be a bullish indication that it would go higher. But it didn't. It sort of got beat back down as soon as it got up near that level. So that resistance has held. And a lot of these silver stocks have given back their gains from the last uh, two days of of trading. It, it's just a much bigger market to try to, even if you have a couple million people focusing on on the silver market it's going to be much harder for them to sort of manipulate it in their fat in their favor and and cause us a short squeeze in this now there were over the weekend there was a lot of there was a lot of demand for buying physical silver and some of these um most of these places don't sell over the weekend because well the the market's not open so they can't really get like if they don't have the physical silver on site they're not going to sell something that they don't have and if they can't get you know a firm order uh, like purchase order from where they're buying their silver they're not going to sell until they can until the market's open back up and they can see where the price of silver is going to be like they're not going to take that sort of um, unhedged risk by by selling something uh, you know on a Saturday when the price of silver could could jump up uh, could gap up on on Monday morning or something and they could you know they could lose their shirt doing that but basically what happens when you go to these dealers is they they're just the middleman you know they buy the silver wholesale and then they sell it you know at the retail level but a lot of these places saw like huge increases in physical demand for silver. And the silver stocks as well saw some increased interest and volume and trading and everything like that. It was not enough to even push them to like new all-time highs, most of them. It just doesn't seem like there's as much momentum behind the, the silver thing as there was with GameStop or, or AMC. And and that's unfortunate because it's far more, I mean, I, I get why, you know, it, it's easy for everybody to understand, you know, a video game store or these are movie theaters. And it, it's easy for just the average person to know what that is and you know, how those things operate and they're familiar with them and everything like that with precious metals and and uh, silver mines and things like that and not as many people are familiar with it that is unfortunate but the the silver lining pardon the pun is that this put a lot of focus onto precious metals which i think could be a really good thing for society in general if people are getting especially younger people are getting a crash course in uh, real money, inflation, how how these mar markets are manipulated because these precious metal markets are definitely heavily fucking manipulated by the big banks. I, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that that's what's been going on. Like they are not reflecting the true deterioration of the US dollar. So I think it's really important that people actually pay more attention to the, the whole silver short squeeze than they do game stonks. But that that just doesn't seem to be the case but it is encouraging that there are people that are focusing on something like this on what what's been happening to fiat currencies and how we um people have been getting screwed uh, just regular everyday people out of their purchasing power and the good thing about these you know even if they're not successful with a, a massive short squeeze in silver at least they're buying something that has real value and that is currently un way undervalued by just about any metric you, you could look at um, silver is very undervalued right now and silver stocks have been really beat up that's one of the reasons why they were targeting these things is because where they were trading is not commensurate with even where the price of silver is right now i mean the the all-time high of silver is like 40-something dollars an ounce, I believe. Um, I don't have a chart up in front of me right now, but it's close to all-time highs when it was flirting with $30 a 
$30 an ounce. And the the silver stock, you know, these companies that mine silver and everything like that, they're trading near all-time lows or certainly nowhere near all-time highs. So there, there's a big disconnect there. And so even if these, uh, even if they aren't successful in this short squeeze, they're still going to end up owning something that I think over the long term would be a good investment. And some of these pay dividends as well. So if they you know, bought physical silver, I think years from now, they'll be very happy that they did that even at, you know, $28, $29 an ounce. And if they bought some of these silver mining companies or something like that, that I, I think are severely undervalued in the long term, they'll be positioned very nicely for when and eventually, you know, these markets will, they will start to reflect reality, but they can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. And you're not going to get the sort of GameStop mete- meteoric rise in the stock in a day or two. So this is, this would be a much bigger battle to be fighting. And when you don't get that immediate pop, you know, a lot of people, there's all this enthusiasm and it, it's much easier to jump on board when things are going to the moon every day. You know, uh, one day you're up, uh, you know, 2000% and the next day you're up another 2000%. It's easy to gain momentum that way. But man, when you're battling the the silver market, which is enormous, it's going to be a, a much bigger battle. You know, you're going to have to give a little ground, take some back, and it's going to take a lot of, um, a lot of resolve to fight that battle. And Hey guys, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And you know them well as Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, this is the perfect alternative for all you smokers out there. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can enjoy and get your nicotine fix at, from anywhere in the in the country, wherever you are. Doesn't matter if you're inside, outside in a non-smoking area, in a smoking area, with a hot date, doesn't matter. You could pop this toothpick in, chew on it a little bit, get that oral fixation that that some of us need, and also get your nicotine fix at the same time. And nobody's none the wiser. They come in six great different flavors. They got a variety uh, for you to choose from, or you can get the ultimate flavor pack sent directly to you. They're cheaper than any of the -the over-the-counter nicotine alternatives, the gum, the patch, the... Uh, chewing tobacco, whatever it is, these are going to be cheaper and cleaner than a lot of those other ones and just more convenient. I mean, how how much easier can it get to just pop a toothpick in your mouth for a couple of minutes to get to get your craving satisfied? I can't think of uh, a better way of doing that. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, and you can start curbing those nicotine cravings without smoking, without chomping on some gum, without having a big wad of chewing tobacco in your cheek. All you got to do is go to ZipixToothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you can pop a toothpick in your mouth whenever you need it to satisfy those cravings. So make sure you go and do that right now. All right, let's get back into the show. The thing is, if they were to be successful in a massive silver short squeeze, and I'll, I'll talk about some of the, the fundamentals of it or the, the details of how you actually do that, th- this could really be, I, I tweeted this out, like this could be the silver bullet that takes this whole fucking thing down. Like this whole fiat experiment in fiat currency that we've been doing for the last, uh, I don't know, since we got off the gold standard in the 70s, uh, really since you, you created the Federal Reserve, I guess. So go back to 1930. 13. But this experiment is, uh, it's not going to last forever. I mean, there, we have already destroyed like 97% of the value of the dollar. And you can see this manifesting itself in all kinds of places. Like we're going to sort of, um, dovetail into the, a discussion about the minimum wage that Joe Biden's been clamoring for to, to bump it up to $15 an hour, because that's also directly related to the, the, devaluation of the dollar and the, and this fiat currency system. And if they were able to, if they can get this going and due to the silver market, what they did to GameStop, this could be huge. And this could really wake people up to what the problem 
what the problems are with our financial system, what the problems are with uh, fiat currencies and and having uh, a Federal Reserve that has a monopoly on the issuance of currency. And when they work hand in hand with the government to facilitate all the awful things that government does that you know I touched on at the end of uh, last week's show, this is the, the battle that we should be fighting. This is the, the the short squeeze that is the most important in my mind, and it's a shame that it looks like it, it's already losing a, a lot of steam. But you know, it, it's still early on. But yeah, I don't think they're going to be successful in this. Unfortunately, I, I wish they were, but they could. You know, and we talked about this if you guys remember, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, when oil prices went negative. And we, we talked about these these future contracts where you can, when you're in the futures market, you can exercise the option to have physical delivery of the commodity that you're buying. So it, it's very interesting. If they go into the, the silver future market, right, and they buy a bunch of contracts for, for silver, when those contracts come up, they can demand that instead of getting money for the the position or rolling it over into another uh, contract or whatever, they can demand that you deliver silver to them, physical silver. And there is definitely not enough silver supply for everybody that's involved in the futures market to take physical delivery. I mean, the, the a lot of these mines are located actually down here in Mexico, some of the biggest silver mines, and they've been closed because of COVID. So the there's been a, a very limited supply of physical silver, which is another reason why the price should be a lot higher than it actually is. But if enough people get together into these into these uh, contracts and they start demanding physical delivery, that could really get interesting quick because the, then people are going to have to go out and buy silver, and the the price could go up very quickly. Man, that would be I would love to see that. Not just because, uh, you know, full disclosure, I do have investments in, in silver and other precious metals and things like that. But I, I would just like to see the reaction from the the investment community, the cathedral, the government, you know, the whole thing, the media, which has been very interesting to say the least over these last few days, just watching them talk about, you know, uh, coming to the, the defensive hedge funds and things like that. But to see, to have silver, like in the headlines, in the main, all over the mainstream media and, and, and on people's like mind all the time in the conversation, that would be very good for society and very bad for the government. And I would just love to see that. I would just absolutely love it. And I do think, you know, at some point, we are going to have to come go back on some sort of gold standard type thing. If you want to have a successful, thriving society, you can't just have this fake fucking paper money that has no value that governments or uh, central banks can create out of thin air. There's just there's just no way that um, people can uh, like your standard of living can rise under those conditions over the long term. And that's the problem that people are seeing. You know, we keep hearing all these politicians over and over again talk about the gap between the rich and the poor, the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Well, why is that, right? And they, and they try to blame, you know, greed or, or whatever, but it's all about monetary policy. That's what it's about. And that's why they don't want these these people starting to, to figure out that, oh shit, you know, these precious metals that actually um, hold their their value over time that basically reflect how much damage the government and central banks have done to the dollar. Uh, they don't want that anywhere in in the in the news, uh, people talking about it. No, no, they want to operate behind closed doors in the shadows while they're getting fucking rich off this thing. And the average American is struggling to get by. And that's why they have to keep constantly talk about raising the minimum wage. Now, I've covered the, the minimum wage before. We all know, or at least we should all know, problems with that and just the... Uh, 
stupidity that goes along with the idea of a minimum wage. I mean, it really is just one of the dumbest, probably the dumbest economic policy that that people have, especially politicians have. And it, it's indefensible. It sounds good, you know, oh, everybody should make at least $15 an hour. If you're working, you should be able to feed a family. I know it's emotional and it appeals to people on an emotional level, but it is economic illiteracy like the world has never seen. I mean, all it does if you raise the the minimum wage to $15 an hour is make it illegal for somebody who's not capable of delivering more than $15 an hour worth of productivity it makes it illegal for them to work that's essentially what you're doing and that's it makes me very angry when i see republicans trying to uh, make an argument against the minimum wage i mean they've already lost the argument because they've ceded the the principled position that it, it's a good idea to have a minimum wage. I mean, they, they want a minimum wage. They just want it slightly, they're like, oh, 15, that's too high. You know, we, we should have it at like 10 or 12. Like, no, w- once you see the, the idea that it's good to have a minimum wage, well, then it should be the higher, the better, right? I mean, why stop at 15? And they should call the bluff. There, there could be two approaches to this, right? You could call their bluff and, and try to go for an even higher dollar amount than 15, make it something insane like $50 an hour, $100 an hour, and just have them have to have to tell you why you can't um, start paying people $50 an hour. Because whatever the problem is at $50 an hour, it's the exact same problem you have at 15. It just affects less people, right? So that would be an interesting approach. Or argue that we shouldn't have one at all and we should abolish it altogether. But the funny thing is that with this whole thing going on in the background with the silver short squeeze and you have the minimum wage discussion sort of at the forefront, the original (laughs) minimum wage, and this goes back to like the 50s, right? It was a dollar. It was a a dollar 25 an hour. Okay. But see, back then we were on a gold standard. And it was basically a dual metal standard. So originally, $20 would get you an ounce of gold, and then they devalued, then they confiscated a bunch of gold and devalued the the dollar, right? So they, I'm I'm sort of getting off on a tangent here, but basically they, they confiscated gold. They made it illegal to own gold. And once the government had confiscated as as much gold as they thought you know they could um they felt comfortable having then they went they made it from like 20 to 35 dollars an ounce or something like that i think it's 35 and i think to this day um technically the um the official stated uh government stated uh value for for an ounce of gold is 35 dollars but Anyway, an ounce of silver was $1. So $1 would buy you an ounce of silver, okay? And if the minimum wage was $1.25 an hour in the 50s, we were still on a gold standard where you could take your dollar to the Federal Reserve and give it to them and they would give you an ounce of silver. You would be getting like $28 for that ounce of silver, all right? That's why you need to be on a on a gold standard. That's why you have to have real money that holds its value over time. The original minimum wage, if they're making a dollar twenty-five an hour and we hadn't destroyed the value of the dollar and you were still making a dollar twenty-five today, you'd be making close to forty dollars an hour. <laughs> That's the purchasing power you would have in today's dollar if we were still on that sort of standard where our money was backed by something real that has real value. So you see, the problem isn't with the minimum wage, right? The minimum wage isn't high enough, right? We're not paying workers enough. That's not the problem. The problem is that the, the Federal Reserve, in cahoots with the government, has destroyed the value of the dollar. If they didn't destroy the value of the dollar, we wouldn't have to keep raising the minimum wage all the time. That's the thing here. If you have sound money, you don't have to constantly raise the minimum wage. I mean, they raise it to 15, okay, print up, you know, run up a couple trillion dollar uh, debts again on the, uh, on the old uh, country's credit card there. And then in a couple of years, they're going to be like, oh, nobody can survive on $15 an hour. We need to raise it to 25 And then they're just going to have to keep raising it because the amount of stuff that you can buy with those dollars continues to decline because of all the inflationary practices of our government that the uh, central banks are facilitating, I should say. You know, if we paid our fry guys at McDonald's in silver coins instead of paper money that's backed by nothing that has no intrinsic value, we could pay them a dollar 
25. We could pay them an ounce and a quarter of silver an hour, and they'd be able to to buy all kinds of stuff with that. $30 worth of stuff for, for one ounce of silver. Let's take a quick second and thank another sponsor for today's show, which is going to come at a perfect opportune time for all of you gentlemen out there trying to impress that special lady in your life. And this is, of course, the Lucky Guy Bakery bringing you homemade, handcrafted, delicious brownies using only the freshest, all-natural ingredients. They're not too sweet. They're not too salty. They're just super chocolatey and super delicious. They've got all kinds of brownies for everybody out there. I like the original, but if you're a peanut butter guy, they've got the peanut butter bonanza. If you like oatmeal, they got that. They've got that for you. If you're vegan, they've got you covered. If you're gluten-free, they've got you covered. So go to theluckyguybakery.com. Use my promo code PF20. That's P as in peddling, F as in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. Send yourself some brownies, send them to somebody that you care about, and get some for that significant other in your life that's coming up, guys. Don't forget, you don't want to be in the doghouse to start out the new year. And forget all the traditional girly crap that none of us can actually use. Forget the flowers. What everyone really wants deep down inside for Valentine's Day is not flowers, they want chocolate. Chocolate makes everyone happy. They have done studies on this. The reaction that people get, particularly women, when they're indulging in some dark chocolate, it's going to be a lot better for them than looking at some flowers. I mean, I suppose you can get them flowers too. But when it comes to flowers, I'm reminded of some wise old words from my favorite uncle. Why would I try to tell you I love you by giving you something that's dying? That's what flowers are. No, no. Go with the chocolate. Give her some sustenance. Give her the chocolate orgasm for Valentine's Day by going to the Lucky Guy Bakery and using the promo code PF20 for 20% off your order. It's the best of both worlds. You satisfy your girl. You satisfy your sweet tooth. You support the show. And the Lucky Guy Bakery is a fan of the show as well. So everybody wins here. You won't be sorry. Check out the LuckyGuyBakery.com promo code PF20. So it, it would be very nice if we could sort of harness all of this energy that's on these Reddit channels and, and that you know people are talking about with Silver today and relate it back to this issue. Because these are younger people, right? And these a lot of these people don't have a lot of money, but they're willing to fight for these causes. They would be far better off learning the lessons of learning what it is to have real money and, and real purchasing power instead of trying to fight for fighting the government, <laughs> lobbying the government constantly to get them to increase the minimum a little bit while they destroy the the value of everything that you have. I mean, this is like I'm trying to think of an analogy for this, but it's like, you know, they they'll put they'll put a dollar, an extra dollar in your left pocket, but that but they'll take, you know, three dollars out of your right pocket in terms of purchasing power. So it's like, yeah, they can keep they can keep raising the minimum all they want. But if they, the value of the dollar just keeps tumbling every year and there's there's no way for you to get a return on your savings, right? Because they're artificially suppressing interest rates, n- nobody saves money anymore. You can't like put money in a bank account and expect it to grow. They're not paying you more than the rate of inflation. So you're losing money by saving it. And that's, again, this this is all related. And that's why people are in the stock market now. That's why you have kids with Robinhood accounts that have no idea what they're doing. That's why you, you have people trying to um, save for retirement by funneling money into the the Wall Street casino. I mean, how else are you going to get a return on your money? Because the, the, the banks don't pay any interest. The central banks keep putting more and more dollars into circulation, which makes the ones that you currently have that you're sitting on worth less and less year after year. Their stated goal is to decrease your purchasing power by 2% a year. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but over a 10-year period it is, and that's not even actual the actual real rate of inflation. They've changed the way that they calculate it. They manipulate the CPI, which is just a really fundamentally flawed way of trying to capture what the real rate of inflation is. But even if you go back to the way they did it you know, before the 90s when they sort of rejiggered this whole thing under uh, under the Clinton administration, if they just calculated it the way they did back then, you know, 30 years ago, it would be 
somewhere around like four, five percent, something like that, you know, four and a half percent inflation every year. And if you have any sense of history, you would know that when we uh, put in wage and price controls in the 70s and we had all these shortages, inflation was at four <laughs> percent. That's when I think that's when Nixon instituted wage and price controls. So um, uh, inflation is running much higher than they're actually telling you. And they don't want you to realize this. They don't want you to understand that if we were to go back onto a, some sort of a, a metal standard, a, a dollar backed by something that the government can't just create out of thin air, they don't want you to know that that would just screw this whole thing up. This whole thing could blow up. Yeah, everything the government does, they would have to actually increase taxes or go mine the gold and silver to back it. I mean, this is uh, this would really throw a wrench in the works. Politicians just couldn't promise free lunches to everybody. They couldn't be spending on all these pet projects, sending billions of dollars overseas to you know, Israel or what, whatever their stupid causes, fighting these endless wars. We wouldn't be able to do that. You, you wouldn't have the big wealth welfare state. You wouldn't have anything. You wouldn't have them talking about canceling student debt. You wouldn't have them loaning money to, to students and, and blowing up this huge bubble in college degrees either. I mean, none of these problems we have today, everything that these politicians talk about, all everything that they bemoan, it's first of all, it's all their fucking fault. They've, they've all done this to, the, to us. You know, the, every, every single policy they've instituted has created a problem that they currently talk about trying to solve. Everything they talk about, all the issues that face the children today, people in retirement, you know, high health care costs, all of it is a function of, of these government programs that they've instituted that they could never do. They would never be able to fund them. Social Security, uh, all, all these Ponzi schemes they're running, Medicare, Medicaid. It would not be possible if we were on a gold standard and if they had to actually live within their means. And then our government would naturally be a lot smaller because, you know, you can't fund a government running fucking trillion dollar deficits every year. If people today actually had to pay for the level of government that we're getting, taxes would have to skyrocket and, and nobody's going to go along with that. So I, I, I really think that we could kind of start to roll back government a little bit if we could teach people about sound money, silver, gold, the, the value of the dollar, inflation. I mean, I know these aren't like the sexiest of topics or anything, but they are at the root of all the evil that the government is doing to the American people and, and people around the world too. I mean, all governments do this shit, which is why all these governments hate these standards. I mean, it's it's the one thing that restricts what they can do other than, you know, that worthless piece of paper that they swi uh, they keep swearing oaths to uphold and defend. But th this could be an albatross around their neck instead of having government be an albatross around us. And that's why this, this silver squeeze is very interesting to me. And the, I love the idea of it. I like it so much more than buying these stupid companies that should be going out of business anyway. I mean, like I, I talked about in the last episode, there's a reason that they were all being shorted. It's because the writing is on the wall for the, the places like GameStop, right? Um, that's an antiquated model. They need to change the, w the way they're doing business if they want to survive. But um, th this silver thing could really throw a wrench in the works. Goddamn, if we can just get young people, the next generation of impressionable minds to, to not get uh, uh, obsessed with, with stocks and, and, and playing the stock market, but to teach them about the, the values of, of sound money and let them know that the, the problems that they face are a direct result of the government being way too big. And, and the only way the government can get big is if they, they find a way to fund it. Now, they, they can fund it through taxation or they can fund it through inflation. And either way, we're paying for it. It's just that when you fund it through inflation and, and borrowing and debt and all this shit, we don't feel the, the direct effects of it yet. It, it gets pushed on to future generations. Uh, but, but somebody is going to get left holding the bag for, for the world's largest government and trillion-dollar deficits as far as the eye can see and hundreds of trillions of unfunded liabilities, just bullshit promises that the government has made to the American people. Man, when that, when that bill comes due, it's going to be a very rough day for the American people. And those of you who um, have 
some uh, precious metals, exposure, you'll be in a much better position because they'll hold their value while the dollar is crashing. And, and, and maybe you'll be in a, a position to thrive and sort of help your, your fellow man because there's, there's going to be a lot of people in some, some dire straits here when, uh, when this whole thing comes crumbling down. And like I said, I have no idea when that's going to be, but it is going to happen. Eventually, the reality will catch up with us. And I just want the you know the future generation to know, and in my generation too. I, I mean, I get I am part of whatever the the millennial group is or whatever. But um, people my age and younger to know that this had nothing to do with uh, the failure of the free market. All of these problems, every problem that we face today is a direct result of, of government intervention in our lives in one way or another. And it could have been all been avoided if people had known better, had not been uh, taken that temptation of a, a free lunch from the government, of you know safety for a little bit of your freedom, right? The, the lies that the, the government has, has gotten away with and, and the things that they tell you, you know, it's always, it always starts with a little thing. COVID's a great example. Two weeks to flatten the curve. That was the camel's nose under the tent. Now look where we're at. A year later, we're still locked down in our houses. Okay, and they're, and they're talking about doing all kinds of crazy stuff to us. <laughs> the same thing happened with the income tax, right? It was originally supposed to be a, a a penalty to the rich. You know, the way we funded government before was through tariffs. Basically, we had a much smaller government because of it. And what they said was, hey, you know, these tariffs they disproportionately affect poor people. So why don't we get rid of tariffs and things like that? And we'll just have an income tax on the rich and it'll be 1%, right? And we'll, um, you know, it'll just be on like the super rich and this will be a way of, well, we'll take the money from the rich and we'll give it to the poor. We'll, we'll be the Robin Hoods of the world. Bullshit. Bullshit. And now the, the, the poorest people among us pay 10 times, 20 times more in taxes than was ever envisioned when this, uh, when they initially came out with this, for like the Rockefeller, like Rockefeller was only supposed to pay one percent, and they thought about capping it at ten percent, but they were afraid that if they put a cap at ten percent, then they would immediately institute a ten percent income tax. And man, wouldn't that be nice if they had capped it at ten percent? All right, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Photo IQ. Guys, you know I've been talking about them for a while, and I've also been talking about building your human capital, investing in yourselves, learning new skills, and I know all of you guys think you take good pictures. Listen, you don't. I've seen your pictures, okay? They, most of them suck, right? Um, some of us have a, a natural-born ability, that a good eye for photography, I'm one of those people, but even I don't know how to take really good pictures. I, I know what makes a good picture. I don't necessarily know how to execute all the time. And that's where Photo IQ comes in. They're going to give you one of the most advanced online photography courses of its kind, like nothing you've ever taken before. They will help you build an, uh, uh, an online portfolio. They'll give you feedback on, on all of your um, all the pictures that you take and everything like that. It's going to be more in depth than just about any anything you take up to the college level uh, advanced photography courses, and it's going to be far less cheaper. You don't have to take out any student loans or anything like that. You just got to go to photo iq.co and use my promo code fiction. You will get twenty percent off the order. So any classes that you order for this guy, right now he's giving you 20% off. He doubled the discount for 2021. Don't miss out on this. I don't know how long the 20% is going to last, so go and get it now. You don't have to take the classes now. You can take them whenever you want. There's no time restriction on this or anything like that. You can take it at your own pace whenever you have time. And he'll give you a money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into the show. But, I mean, it, it didn't take long after the, the income tax came into effect before they raised it. 
they raised it to seven, and then they raised it to the, the, the income threshold when you were exposed to it to fund World War One, and then you had the, you know, World War Two. It really shot up, and that's when like you know the vast majority of people started paying larger percentages in, in income tax than was ever envisioned for even the richest people when they were talking about doing this income tax. And it's just, it's always the camel's nose under the tent, and they always bill it as a way to, to help you for your safety. It's for your own good. Let us do this. And then they you give them that inch, they take a mile, and man, do they make you bend over. They will stick it to you eight ways from fucking Sunday. Th- this is the lesson that we need to learn here. And this has to be the conversation that people are having when all of this shit comes apart. Not We didn't need more regulation in the silver market or in the stock market or anything like that. It wasn't Wall Street greed run amok. No, no. No, no, we've had we have an ass full of regulation in the financial industries. Trust me, I work in it. Uh, it. It's probably the most regulated industry, maybe other than like healthcare or something like that. And that and these regulations do nothing. They're they're detrimental, if anything. I mean, another reason I talked about, you know, sort of why people are forced into the stock market and everything like that, right? Because they can't get a return on the dollars that they earn because the we have central banks artificially suppressing interest rates. But uh, another reason why you have all these people with Robinhood accounts or uh, TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab and everything like that, and you have a bunch of inexperienced people just sort of throwing money into this stock market thing and hoping that hoping for the best, hoping that it goes up and they can make some money and, and save for retirement or save for college or something like that. The reason they're on these apps and they don't have a professional uh, money manager helping them invest their money is because of all the financial regulation. I mean, this is the, you know, the sick irony of all this fucking stupid shit that politicians talk about where we need the, uh, you know, all this financial regulation to make sure you don't get screwed over in the markets, right? And then the second you start screwing them over, they, they come back at you and change all the rules. But all of this financial regulation cost a ton of money to these uh, brokerage firms and, and investment firms for uh, know your customer, all this anti-money laundering, uh, Patriot Act stuff as well. The, the the stuff that they have to do for compliance just to sort of cover their ass. It, it makes it way too expensive to just have somebody that, you know, maybe you got five, 10 grand to invest, 20 grand to invest. Well, it, it's not worth it to them to help you invest that it costs them more to have you as a client than they will ever make on your stupid you know your little chump change account and so they they just don't offer these services to everyday average americans that have a few bucks stashed away that they'd like to invest something in and so they they force you onto these apps you don't know what you're doing and then if you actually come out ahead somehow and you manage to put on a big short squeeze against the hedge funds oh no 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 we can't have that we 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 can't have the billionaires losing any money we need to shut this thing down turn those machines back off and until they can get situated and get on the right side of the trade exactly like they fucking did in 2008 i mean if you guys have seen the big short or read the book you know that all of these fucking investment firms that were on the wrong side of all these fucking derivative trades and credit default swaps collateral debt obligations and synthetic cdos and all this shit they were on the wrong side of that trade but they had the, the the rating agencies in their pocket and they were, you know, rating all this shit triple A, right, even though it was a pile of shit. But they were able to hold off on on coming clean uh, as to the real value of all of this, um, all of these toxic assets the government deemed them that were on their books so they could unload them to people that that weren't part of this uh, boys club in Wall Street, you know, the ones that, uh, the unsuspecting victims that get left holding the bag every time. So anyway, I I think we should really hop on to this. uh, I've been tweeting a lot about this silver short squeeze. I I just want to draw attention to it. I, I don't really care if, I don't think they're going to be successful with it and i i don't want i don't want to like tell people oh like go buy a bunch of silver so we can fucking try to get this uh huge silver short squeeze going i, I don't even think it's i think the market's just too big but i want people to know about it and i want people to say huh what, what what's going on with silver like or you know precious metal like, why are they doing this and because if, if you read the the reddit uh wall street bets you know they they have very good reasons for why they're looking at silver to short it and there's a lot of um 
there's a lot of smart people in there. They're not just a bunch of idiots. So I, I want to draw attention to it. And I want, I want every fucking millennial and Gen X or Z or whatever it is, um, all, all these kids today, I, I want them to get into this, to start looking into this issue. And I want that to be sort of their springboard into a much bigger liberty movement. And that's how I, I mean, that's how, why I'm here. That's how I got into this. Uh, through economic, uh, if it can become relatable to their everyday lives and they can get interested in it and they can, you know, we can open them up to sound money, Austrian economics from something like this, from an event like this, uh, we can open their eyes to the Fed, to uh, just all the, the money manipulation that the government does, the destruction of the dollar, inflation, and all the problems that are associated with it. I mean, this could be a, a, a silver bullet that, that we could use to, to take down this fucking Leviathan and hopefully start rolling back government a little bit. But we, we have to, we, you know, we have to take advantage of this cause, uh, of this issue, and, and use it to promote our cause. And I think we'd be missing a big opportunity if we don't if we don't expose more people to to what's going on here and the problems that are associated with it and how every single time the the government's you know solution to this is just going to cause more and more problems i mean they're going to talk about more financial regulation and it's just good. okay so that's going to make it even more expensive to uh to have somebody as a customer and and less people will will get sophisticated money management advice from professionals and they'll just be on their own you know throwing money into this fucking casino and and probably losing i mean you know wall street's the house chances are they're gonna find a way to win right the house always wins but if we can do that if we can harness this energy around this silver short squeeze and incorporate a, a younger generation of people into the liberty movement we could have like a whole new army of people to to get interested in this to, to get interested in libertarianism and and once you you know once we get them once we get that one little nugget in their head it will eat away at them and they will have to start looking into some of the other things that we are 100% right on and you know like I always say we cannot be defeated in the arena of ideas so if we can get their attention and keep it long enough to show them you know to red pill them on this one issue we can use that as a springboard to red pill them on fucking everything and then who knows where we could go with this so i i think this is a a very teachable moment and a, a very big uh big opportunity for libertarians in general but hopefully we won't screw it up <laughs> but anyway um do me a favor guys i'm gonna wrap here today but share this episode Share this show with somebody that you know that's talking about these uh, short squeezes. You know, everybody I know is talking about these things. People that aren't involved in the market, just, you know, I, I run into people every day, and they're, oh yeah, you see what's going on with the, you know, with game stocks and everything like that. So it's just a- average everyday people that aren't even very politically uh, motivated or anything like that are interested in this topic, and we, I, I want to use that as, uh, as my camel's nose under the tent to get them into the liberty movement and and throw them down that rabbit hole on their way to anarcho-capitalism. So share this show with somebody that you know that you think would uh, enjoy it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Don't forget to join us on Friday for happy hour. We're, we're doing it again, like I said, at 6 o'clock on Friday, and I will be in PV this time, so you'll get a different view for those of you that were there, and a better sunset. So um, it'll be cool. We'll we'll, uh, we'll drink during sunset, sunset happy hour. If you, like I said, if you want to be a part of that, you just got to set up a, a monthly donation. You, you can do that by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. And every dollar that you donate to the show just goes right back into creating content and advertising and things like that to try to increase our reach so that we can grow this show to be as big as humanly possible. I have a lot of lofty goals for this year, so anything that you guys can do to help with that would be fantastic. And if not, you know, just the only thing that I ask, I really ask is that you listen every week. Um, I do the show twice a week, usually. I need you guys. I need you guys to listen. I need you guys to share the show. So you guys can do all that for me. I will be back on Thursday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.